0: all right buddy we are live welcome in latest episode of that sec podcast i'm your host michael bratton go by sec mike on twitter and i'm joined as always by my cousin shane who goes by big orange vials on twitter what's up yo TSC homer (laughs) hey buddy what's going on oh Buddy, Ooh. we are burning ah. down in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so, we thought no one better to have on the show. Yeah. Then this man right here. I, I, I like to, let's make him a sandwich. That's where he should be there. Yeah, there he is. Right in his Tennessee sandwich. How's it going, Marlar?
1: Emotionally not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hey, honest.
2: I'll say this beer is for me. These are for Marlar. <laughs> That's
1: good. That's good. Oh,
2: man. No, I tell you what, buddy, I, I, I cannot stay offline. And when I am on there, it is constant Alabama coverage. And I've never seen this much negative, negative news coming out of Tuscaloosa in quite some time, man. How, yeah. how, are,
1: you, how are you handling it? I, I thought you were going to say I haven't seen this much negative stuff about Alabama, but I was like, you're on a show with Mike, so oh no, no, no. <laughs> we, know that's not we, right. This, this dynasty has been decaying for over a year <laughs> now. <fucking> so. <laughs> six years, man. For six years. That's what I always say. Um, yeah, man, I, 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 I think here, here's what I'm going to say no matter what. Um, it's it's like going to be a huge change. Obviously, it's not going to be saving there. But if you're looking for someone to to sit here and tell you, I'll be as objective as possible. But if you're sitting here and you want someone to to be like, oh my god, the sky is falling, I'm just not going to do it. It's January yeah. 17th. I don't know what this is going to look like. They have no defensive backs left. I, that is a concern. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to play a fucking spring game because there's no there's no defensive backs. Um, but I will also say that like, yeah, there's some of the stuff that hurts Caleb Downs. I'm I am just trying to take this as optimistically as possible. And I don't care how that sounds I I think that you're going to get like there's a balance of how how bad this could be or is. Mm -hmm. And there's also, uh, you know, the other side of it, which is people like Mike and I love you to death, Mike, (laughs) but who've been waiting for this to happen for like six to 17 years. Are are like this is like a, a fucking wet dream for Georgia and Tennessee and Auburn fans right now. Yeah, so everyone's very excited about it. Hopefully, I'm allowed to cuss. I didn't ask before. Oh, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's in our it, motto. I think.
0: Isn't it great that he's sitting there lying to himself, Shane? He's lying to the audience. He's you know he's in tears <laughs> yeah. when this shows not live. It's yeah. it is just it's a shit show down there in Tuscaloosa. And Goats. and to your point, uh you know here's the the depth chart updated depth chart. From Alabama's last game in a Rose Bowl, uh, the red is who they're missing, and sure. this is not even you know like you not said right. the, the entire secondary is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, star players across the board. They got some some good players in the front seven, so I'll give them that.
1: Wait, Here's hold the, on, the front seven, Mike? You saying the front seven? Yeah, so seven of the eleven players that are important to defense. They have they have some good players there. They got a
0: couple, okay. and then uh, okay. let's go. Oh, I think this is the same one twice. I got I do have. The uh, offense too is about just as pitiful, Mm. with all the guys that they have lost here, including all across uh, the offensive line, which I know Marler loves uh, this (laughs) offensive line. Look, all those guys at the offensive line gone. Running backs completely new. There's there's rumors that Justice Haynes is going to jump in the portal. Who? who, who, Where's that
1: coming from? The receiver room
0: is just blown up. Bomb.
1: so, yeah, yeah same okay. people
0: that said Caleb Downs and Proctor were going to go in the portal. It's the same um, people. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, they, they just making room, Mike. They're just making room,
1: you know. Yeah, the no, bringing so here, his like, boys in. And again, I think I think that there's a there's concern on the back end of that secondary for sure. And like I said, you don't have you don't have like enough. I think they have like four fucking players in the secondary right now. They've lost like 12 players from the defensive backs alone in the portal. Um And again, if you're looking for someone to be in panic mode, I'm the wrong person because Mm -hmm. that offensive line, here's the thing about the offensive line. One of the best parts about this, this transition, in my opinion, and and it's not going to, they're not going undefeated. They're they're probably not going to be one of the best four teams in the country next year, but against January 17th. And if you were sitting here with a straight face telling me, Oh my God, this is going to be the worst. This is, I, I think, I think that it would be in my best interest and my Twitter mentions to say, this is going to be the worst season in the history of Alabama football, and we are not going to win a single game, and this is going to be the, the worst hire, all those things. Because that's what everyone outside of Tuscaloosa wants to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you, that offensive line last year, you bring in a guy that that you get grubs on the, as the OC. Um, you get, obviously, Caelan DeBoer, terrible name, terrible name. <laughs> but but he's he's now in charge. You bring in the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line coach, which, let's face it, if you're looking at a, a single fucking part of this that is like, it can't get any worse – that offensive line was the worst in program history in terms of sacks allowed. That's a real stat. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I'd like, Caden Proctor, I'm sure he's going to turn into be a phenomenal player and a great young man. I also know that he was responsible for 32.8% of the total pressures that were allowed on Jalen Milrow, which were the most total pressures of any, any quarterback in the SEC. But I, I hate to see him go. Hey, Chris, so uh, but, Ollie, uh, Ollie, Shout
0: out, Ollie. I'm ready for the Bama kind of sucks <laughs> dynasty. <laughs> Get that
1: in there. Listen, I think this is the best the best point that Ali has ever made with me. I love you to death, Ali. Good to see you as always. But the Bama kind of sucks. Makes a lot more sense than like bama sucks you
2: know what I mean? well, well if you've got an alabama fan sitting out there listening to this pod right now give i'm sure we've got like one or two of them out there what would you give them as positive encouragement i mean because obviously there's a lot of noise there's a lot of smoke coming from tuscaloosa but you know i can sense it you're, you're trying to be optimistic here about your school so if if i'm a just a bama fan talk mm-hmm. me through this what what's the positive spin Uh, on DeBoer and, and what, what they plan on bringing down there.
1: You know, I think the offensive standpoint is, is, you know, everything I just said, like you're going to have improved offensive line play. I would hope Um, if the idea is, well, he's, he only did this at Washington. You're not going to want to hear this, Mike, but the PAC 12, if you're, if you're saying it wasn't the best conference in college football last year, which for a majority of the season, you could argue it was, it would be the second best in the sec. They played seven ranked teams out of 25. He like they, I'm sorry. Out of 15 total games. They played a very challenging schedule. There's not a lot of SEC teams that played seven ranked opponents last year, and they went six in one of those games, including four to one versus top ten teams. He's a really, really good coach, X's and O's wives. I don't know what he's going to do from a recruiting standpoint. I don't. I think that anybody saying he's Harson 2.0, besides my girlfriend who said he does look like an actual potato – I think that's fair. Um, but I also think that like him going out and, and saying that like, like if this is a stopgap hire or if this is a stepping stone hire for Caleb DeBoer or Kalen DeBoer, then I still think it works out in the, in the intermediate time like, span, like, like, like the next two years, because Washington had four wins in the year before he came and they went 25 and three the two years after. I will also tell you if we're trying to get like, you know, maybe a little bit more pessimism, um, there's a there's a chance this turns into Dan Mullen in Florida pretty quickly. Mullen's a guy that came over there and went 21 and 5 in his first two years and he was a really really good Xs and Os coach and he had him in their in a New Year's 6 game for the first 3 years in a row. He didn't really like to recruit. So if that is something that actually is and we don't know this yet, but if it actually is something that's going to hamper Caleb Kalen DeBoer, then yeah, this could this could go off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm just Making fun because this is
0: just a wild time. Marler, we got all these guys. Real quick, just in case anybody is asleep at the wheel here. Caleb Downs, SEC freshman of the year, best player on the team. Caden mm-hmm. Proctor, starting left tackle, five-star. You know, he wasn't great. You know, let's be fair, but he, but he was a top prospect. Five-star, Zion, Grady, decommitted. Uh, and then some of the other guys that have left in, in just recent days, Trey Amos, defensive back, Jake Pope to Georgia, Desmond Ricks to AM. and Antonio Kite, Earl Little Jr. Auburn. to Florida State. Yeah, there, there you go. He's only the second player to transfer, I believe. I, I saw this from Alabama to Auburn in, in like the last 30 years, something like that. Right. Christian Story to, to Kentucky, Terry and Arnold, NFL, Kool-Aid, NFL, Jalen Key, NFL, and, of course, T-Rob, who started this whole damn thing if they would just brought him back. So that's what they're
1: hey, – let, the, me, let, me, let me go ahead and, and, and speculate on that a little bit here, Mike. Uh-huh. If we know, because we do know, that Kirby Smart said that they were interviewing defensive coordinators in Tuscaloosa as late as Wednesday, the day that Saban retired. We know that Traverse Robinson was interviewed for that job. If he wasn't given the keys to it then by Saban, well, I don't know if that tells us that it was like, like, it's, I think it's a big loss for recruiting. I don't know if it's like the biggest loss because he would have already been named the, the defensive coordinator. Now it's a bad look because he goes to Georgia, then flirts with coming back, and then goes and fucking embarrasses you with like it's like the first time when maybe not everybody was watching that he was like he left for Georgia and then he came back for a second and then everybody was watching. He's like, oh no, I'm still gonna go to Georgia. And it's also the right move for him, too.
0: Right, but don't you think uh it- you know, anytime you hire a coach that that is known for one side of the ball as opposed to the other, DeBoer is an offensive yeah. guy clearly, so he's got to find direction on the defensive side of the ball. And now the, he's bringing in Kane Womack, who, mm-hmm. by all accounts, you know that that will be a tr- terrific hire. I'm not saying it will be a bad hire. And he's got but, a K in his name, but he's <laughs> but he's not from the saving tree and, and right. whether that's important or not, you're, you're basically blowing up that side of the ball and they're going to do something completely new. Now we're seeing the roster defections. I mean, hindsight's 2020, 20, but had he you sat there and said, all right, T Rob, you're, you're our guy. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this wouldn't have happened. And who yeah. knows, came Womack, maybe a major upgrade over T Rob, but, uh, I think that is that that's the first tough lesson that the board has got, mm-hmm. uh, as an sec head coach. Is that fair?
1: I think everything you just said is fair. I think I think that the main point I was trying to make is that if Saban, if he if he was like the guy, then I think Saban might have already been like putting him in, in that place. Um, which I and I, I could also be wrong about that. I, I could be I, I'm speculating on that. I just think that's that's probably what it looks like to me. But I also think, like you said, everything you said is fair. And if they keep him, and from everything I heard, like they tried everything they could to keep him financially, every like him having control of everything. It's a phenomenal recruiter at the very, very least. And I still think, like, you know, I hate to say it, Bama fans don't want to hear it, but, like, he made the right decision. Like, why, I mean, I remember saying this last year when when Grubb was being interviewed as the OC and the, the um, fucking mascot. <laughs> <in the trailer. laughs> um... <so laughs> That's fine, dude. That's fine. Let me tell you something about our mascot, our backup mascot mascots. Um, no, so I, I think I think that when Grubb interviewed last year, I remember, and Bama didn't get him as the OC, and people started to say, like, well, you know, Bama's losing their luster. How are they going to – they can't get these OC hires. And Grubb would have absolutely been a better hire than Tommy Reese, for sure. But also, like, why would Grubb have left the situation he was in where – he had all that stuff, all that talent coming back, especially on the opposite side of the ball, and he wouldn't have to be under Nick Saban and all the scrutiny that goes along with being an Alabama coach. I think Treverus Robinson is in the same boat where it's like, it sucks that they would miss out on him. Maybe it wasn't the, maybe he was the first choice, maybe he wasn't, but he made absolutely the right decision to go under an umbrella of Kirby Smart, where he's the puppet master, and then he's got like it, the, the Georgia defense is the greatest fucking group project I've ever seen. It is, it is with with Muschamp and with Schumann and Kirby and that, and now Robinson. It's incredible. So I, th- I think he made the right choice,
0: Shane. They say you look distraught after over all this Bama stuff. They're praying for you in the comments. I, no, I, think I, just was just,
2: I was just thinking all those names again, you know, and that decimated his roster. Hey, can, <laughs> can we? You got their schedule? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm to you right now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we got the schedule. We can pull that up. I'd like to see, you know, if Nick Saban would have came back, what would they have been? And now that we got Deboer, not the Bear. What is it going to look like here <laughs> going in twenty? It's like the the bear off wish
1: list, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, why don't you tell me? You tell me what Bama would have gone with Saban last year because you've had some really interesting takes before the season on the last several years in a row of what Bama's record was going to be.
0: I think they would have been the favorite to win the national championship, and I know Georgia. Sure. Georgia, I think, would have been preseason number one, but mm-hmm. I would have liked Alabama's odds better. And uh, why? You know, I, I'm thinking 11 win season with Nick Saban as head coach.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. 12 with DeBoer, brother. Uh, no, I don't. Was, uh, here, bring, bring it back up. Bring it back up. You I, ain't got I'll 12 you what, on that roster, man. Dude, I'm going to have to fucking play defensive back. I got a year of eligibility left. Oh, jeez. Um, no, so those first two, I think those are wins. South Florida's going to be maybe even closer this year after, <laughs> like, as compared to last year. Um, Wisconsin, I would assume that's going to be a win, but you're in year two of the fickle mm-hmm. thing. I do not see where they beat Georgia. Their game on this list, out of all these games, that, that looks like the most surefire loss, and I will include Georgia on this. The one that looks mm-hmm. like the most surefire loss, to me, is October 19th. And it pains me to fucking say that to you two idiots very, more than anything. Keep, going. But like, going into <laughs> Knoxville with everything they have coming back on that offense, especially being a, a Josh Heupel-type offense, with the, the the issues that you currently have with that secondary I think that's. I think Tennessee's going to be a lot better. Than people think last year, and the other thing are a lot better than people think this year. But the other thing too is Georgia. The moment DeBoer was hired, Vegas came out with a line for that game, an updated line right away, and Georgia was only favored by two and a half, which was. I don't know if that's moved. But that's kind of that. That was kind of shocking to me. Right.
0: So yeah. I, realistically, I'm not. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be a dick here or anything. But if if we set the over under, given everything we know now, and there's still a lot still a lot left to uh to be determined over or under win total at eight you can't push you got to go over or under yeah it, it, i mean is is over a, a grand slam at this point for alabama
1: no it's not a grand slam i th- i think the over under from vegas will be set at nine and a half i think that that's fair um and that's also going to get the most action on either side um maybe it'll be nine because people will probably hammer the under in a lot of ways too um I think that, that Tennessee and Georgia, they feel like L's. And then you talk about a trip to Baton Rouge. Now they're gonna be breaking in a new quarterback, but it's arguably the best backup in the quarterback in the back, backup quarterback in the country from this year. Um, so that could be dangerous as well. I think the goal Don't forget for hit Missouri to, there, man. I mean, out of all that, that, those three games,
2: Tennessee, Mizzou, and uh LSU, I would I'd venture to say Mizzou would be the toughest
1: matchup for you. You doing this again this year? Are you already? I'm on it, buddy. Without a um, secondary,
2: and you got you got Luther running around. Hell yeah, man!
1: I I um I think I think they're going to be really good. I, I think that nine wins is still, and I I still believe the three teams that I put out there are the ones that are the most dangerous because yeah, it's it's road it's road like I don't see how you open up with a win against Georgia in the SEC play. Um, Oklahoma is also scary. I mean, Auburn at home. I don't think the girlfriend probably stopped listening, but like. <laughs> they won that game by an average of 20 plus points in the last six years. I'm not as concerned with that one. Auburn's doing great, but they don't have anybody to throw the football to, to those receivers. I think Tennessee is 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 a pretty big one. Like I said, LSU. But here's the thing, too, is is like I think the, the goal should be like you want to be able to make the playoff in a 12 team format. That's that's gonna be the hardest part for Bama fans to like they're not gonna be reasonable in general, but like to set your expectations at a reasonable place and you have the first time where you have 12 teams that can make the playoff if they yeah. don't make it which you would think they probably won't with like the schedule then you know like i think they're going to lose their minds but if you could somehow get to 10 wins and miss the SEC championship game that would be huge because yeah. not getting to atlanta would give them i think the best of, the best chance of getting to a playoff because they probably wouldn't have to take another potential L unless they're playing Georgia, which as we all fucking know is an automatic dub whenever they play in Atlanta. So there you go. <laughs>
0: what What is the, what are the bigger task for the board, Marla? Cause you, you're clearly, you're not panicking and I think that's the right move. Cause there's, this is still going to be a top five, top 10 ish like? roster, which is significantly more talent than DeBoer's ever had to work with in his life. And yeah. he's, he's done you know, Oregon had a lot better overall roster than Washington. He whooped, whooped his ass. What is it? Three times. Three Sar- times in two years. Sarkeesian, a lot better roster. Whooped his ass twice in in two years. So I'm not panicking either. I, I still think Alabama can make the playoff. But uh, what what is the bigger challenge for him, given this rough, if you want to call it that, just you know, first week on the job? Is it reaching that playoff and 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 proving the doubters wrong, or is it Cause, Cause I think they're going to be fine. My, my real question for him is what does Alabama look like two, three years from now? Can he sustain it? Mm-hmm. I think that's the the true challenge given we, we know nothing about his recruiting in the SEC.
1: The, well, the first, the first challenge is the language barrier. He comes from a civilized city um, it's a <laughs> metropolis, and he's going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So that's going to be a tough scene. Um I th- I think it's recruiting. I think it's the roster management and what you put. Because because here's the thing too, like again, he was able to take a four and eight Washington team to twenty five and three in two years. And I, and I, my favorite part of this is when rival fans have been like, "That's only because he had Penix and Nadunze and Bo and all this other stuff." And it's like, all right, well, what do you think he's going to have at Alabama? Right. Do you, do you, I mean, because if it's not Jalen Milro, Julian Sayan is still on that roster. Um, even as a true freshman, so like I, I think that there's talent in that quarterback room. The receiver situation sucks because of Bond. I'm glad Jermaine Burton's gone emotionally. I think more than anything, <laughs> um, he is a fucking liability on every every possible scale. So um, I think you're gonna be able to bring in receivers as well. I, I, like I think the roster management part of it is the most important part because if he recruits a top 20 class, will he still be able to coach that up? I don't know. But the difference, I've heard Bama fans say this, and they're they're really wrong about it, which is if he can just have a top 10 class, it doesn't matter if it's 10 or two. And it does. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example out of it. In 2007, Nick Saban's uh, first year at Alabama, his recruiting class was ranked 10th in the country. And I, I still remember this. Um, I think it was like on Rivals or whatever. They had zero five stars. They had 10-4 stars. And that was good enough to be the 10th best class in the country. A year later, they were the number one class. And that class looked like, three five-stars, and 19 four-stars. The difference between 10 and 2 in recruiting is very, very different. And I think from a talent standpoint, he needs to stay in that top 10 to 15 range. Because here's the other thing, too, guys, is that like adding Oklahoma and Texas, I don't know what that looks like in terms of a win-loss record for for everyone in the SEC, but I do know that for a lot of teams in the SEC, where you fall in the recruiting order is going to be moved down a spot or two because of what Oklahoma and Texas continue to do on the recruiting trail. Mike, I think you posted this the other day. It's the best thing I've like best example I've seen. Is it South Carolina that's ranked like 15th in recruiting right now, but they would be ranked number one in the big 12.
0: Well, what what that I was trying to convey is confused. A lot of people, their overall talent Mm -hmm. on the, on the, the roster moving into 2024 would be number one in the big 12. Okay. But it's 15th in the sec so it's not current right. recruiting class it's current basically overall talent and where south carolina realistically is in the sec in right. 2024 so i mean <laughs> it goes without saying i mean the, the sec's just absurdly talented yeah and, and even south carolina that you know their fans took it as i was sitting there bashing them they're they're still top 35 in the country in talent yeah right they're, yeah. they're 15th in the sec but uh they, i i heard someone talk about this marler i'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts is it fair to say that DeBoer is is inheriting significantly less on the offense at Alabama as strange as that sounds Mm -hmm. and and I thought I thought when I heard that I was like that's ridiculous but then they started Penix over Milrow and I, I know you love Milrow I'm not I'm not bashing him but 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 Penix was awesome yeah the receivers I think even I would give that edge to Washington. Mm -hmm. We know what you think about the offensive line. Washington's offensive line just won the Joe Moore Award, so I think you have to give them the edge there. I think, you know, it's a toss-up at running back. Dylan Johnson was pretty awesome, though, for Washington. So Mm -hmm. even let's just call that a tie. I think Washington had better offense than Alabama. Maybe not overall talent, but maybe that speaks to just how great a coach Kalen DeBoard is because – nobody in their, in their damn mind would have taken any of those Washington players two or three years ago over the roster at Alabama, yet they were significantly more productive. Yeah. So to, to your point, does that mean, you know, that should give Alabama fans confidence that all the talent that he does have to work with, that may not be household names at Alabama today mm-hmm. in a year or two, they're, they're probably gonna be loaded with uh, elite players. Don't you think?
1: Shane, I don't know how to answer this because it seems like <laughs> it's a fucking trap. I don't I just, you know um, him saying anything positive about Bama is always so confusing. I, I, I don't think you're, when you first said it, I went, nah, like out loud and it was like, there's no way. And then the more you, you explained it, I, I think you're right. I mean, Bama's offensive line. will start there. Let's start at quarterback. Michael Penix was the second in the Heisman. He was incredibly talented. He had a, he had great receivers. I think their receivers hands down were better than Bama's across the board last year. Um, You know, I threw up. I will defend Jalen Milrow to the death because people that think that, that that Rose Bowl loss was somehow his fault are fucking stupid, just bottom line. Like, if you think that that was somehow his fault, I, I don't know how to have a conversation with you. I do think that Michael Penix is probably a better quarterback in this system than Jalen Milrow, but the idea that that Jalen Milrow is not going to be able to do well in the system is ridiculous because you look at some of the numbers from last year. Like, I don't, I don't know why people want to continue to doubt the kid, but, like – if you look at what he did statistically, I mean, he had a higher passer rating than Michael Penix by 15 points. Like he was, he was top two or three in, in, in the sec in in several categories, completion percentage was better. Than Michael Penix, the passer rating was better. He threw less interceptions, even though he threw, you know, a, far less uh, attempts, but like I, this, I, the yards per attempt, he was over 1.2 yards more than the Michael Penix. Like, I think that there's still a lot of room for positives with Jalen Milrow, the offensive line. And I could just go on for days about how fucking awful the offensive line was. They gave up 49 sacks, which is the most in in Alabama program history. The 49 sacks they gave up, to put that in perspective, that's 11 more than Georgia has allowed in the last three years combined. It's also more than Michigan, Oregon, Washington, and Georgia gave up this year combined. So 49 sacks is pretty terrible. I I think that like that is something the offensive line play will be a lot better. So I, I do think you're right. I think the, the, the positive standpoint, I just realized I haven't answered your question. I just got on the soapbox about all my personal beliefs. Um, but like the, the idea that like this is somehow a, a bad thing, that, that they have like less talent. If he has, he'll have more overall talent on that offense at Alabama. And if he was able to take those other t- like the, like three stars and shit like that and and still produce that level of efficiency and also like, like, like develop those players, what's he going to do with, with even better athletes? Yep.
2: Yeah, but that's like the same story. I mean, we said that about Ron Zook and Charlie Strong. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, wait till you get to the SEC. You know, I, I get that narrative. I, I, no. I totally understand it. But, you know, this day and age, it's like, the runway isn't as long as it used to be. You yeah. know, we don't have time to recruit 2 3 years and and then get Alabama to where they need to be. We got a 12 team college football playoff starting up this year and if the Tide fans don't have a team in that in that 12 man you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be upset. They're going to be pissed off. So my question to you is how long is at least how many years can yeah. we go without a college football playoff team before they start, you know, well, I guarantee you after that first loss, they'll be yelling for a job, but you yeah. know, how truly, how long is, it, can this go without a college football playoff
1: team? Um, two years. two years. I mean, I like, I think, cause, cause here's the way you look at it. If you're, if you, if you better challenge this year, Cause you do have a lot returning still and the defense should be good. Like the defense should be good. Um, this is fucking unreal that, that cousin Shane is the voice of reason on the show, um, <laughs> but just like just <clears throat> fucking guzzling down cores like tall boys and just owning, owning the moment. Um, no, I, I think, I think this is, you give them you after two years, if you're not, if you're not making it or challenging for it, that's a problem because, because here's the thing too, Shane, If he doesn't make it and he's recruiting well, that's one thing. If he doesn't Mm -hmm. make it and the recruiting is average, then you're then you're in trouble. And and I think here's the thing, too. If you're a BAM fan or or just in general watching this happen, I don't think anybody wanted to be the guy after the guy, right? You never want to be the guy after the guy. But if he is if he is the stopgap higher, what you hope, like like the the making the, making lemonade out of like a potential bad situation. You hope that he's able to at least produce on the field with the X's and O's stuff like he did at Washington. If the recruiting is bad. And if you, if you're not able to get to a point where you're winning nine to 10 games and competing for the playoff. Yeah. And year three, if you're still not there, he's, I mean, I would hate, I would think he's gone. Yeah. Hey,
0: last thing I know you got to get running here, Chris. I, I wanted to throw this at both of you guys. There, there's some early lines via fan duel for next season. Georgia at Alabama. Uh I, I'm curious if you guys want to guess the line for that game.
1: I already told you in this episode it was two and a half.
0: Right, but it's it's since updated to th- three and a half in, in Georgia's favor. I got two more. Georgia at Ole Miss. What what do you guys think that line is?
2: Georgia at Ole Miss? Uh, yep. Georgia three. No, Georgia
0: seven. I was gonna say Georgia six and a half. Three and a half for Georgia. Shut up! Yeah, and then Hammer. one more. Alabama at LSU. Oh god, pick them probably. <laughs> LSU favored by a point and a half, Damn. Cur- courtesy of FanDuel. So wow, it's it's wild seeing Alabama here's uh, underdog. Only two games listed for him right now. Yeah, underdogs in both. was just I tell you what,
1: <laughs> just totally hell, <laughs> brother. Your internet connection's about as bad as Bama's uh, hopes and dreams right now, <laughs> yeah. fading away quickly. Ain't it? <laughs> fading away.
0: Well, buddy, hey, Chris, I, I just want to say thanks for joining us. I know you got to run. A- anything yeah. before you hop off the line?
1: Uh, I love both of you guys. You guys did a great job. I'm, I'm, I always appreciate you guys having me on. Um, and when I say both of you guys, I mean like basically one of you. At any moment, <laughs> not both of you ever, but one of you, yeah. But yeah, um, we'll be uh, we'll be live at eight uh, for our show, just arguing, I think, with only Georgia fans, of course. Um, but Saturday Football Uncensored is the podcast. Oh, there it is. Um, and uh, and then Vern Funquist on Instagram and Twitter um, will be fun to follow for like forty minutes of your life, and then never do it again. So, hey, all right, man. thanks, thanks buddy. for coming on, brother. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. All right. Hey, that was a
0: great one. Yeah. Sorry about the internet. Hey. I am moving in two weeks. I, Thank God, it, it shall improve soon, but can't improve soon enough. But uh, great stuff from uh, from old Marler there. You know what? I, I thought he'd be crying. I honestly, that's why I wanted to have bought. He I is to on see the tears. inside,
2: Mike. You know. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, there's a punching bag somewhere in that condo right now. <laughs> it's wearing a Georgia jersey. <laughs>
0: hey, we had a, a couple more of these lines I wanted to hit with you real quick here, Shane. Notre Dame at A and M. Who do who do you think's favorite in that one?
2: Oh man, I shit. They love Notre Dame, so I'd go. I'm still gonna go A and M three and a half.
0: A and M one and a half. Okay, we're gonna have some great games. How about Georgia versus Clemson in Atlanta?
2: Hmm. Oh man, give me Georgia. I don't know thirty eight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Dabo upset he wasn't called for that saving job. No, uh I am going pretty high here. I'd go 13.
0: Oh, about now to 12 and a half, Georgia. Okay. How about LSU Southern Cal in Las Vegas? Oh, that'd be a fun game. Um
2: give me L, give me LSU two
0: and a half. LSU six. How about okay. that? And then last one, Texas. At Michigan, week two of the season, this mm-hmm. this will be a heck of a game.
2: Well, you know, he coach up there already looking for that termination clause <laughs> and everything, because he's gonna get fired <laughs> after this Texas game. So, or at least attempted to. I'd say Texas, I say it's gonna be close. Um, uh, give me four and a half,
0: Texas. One and a half for Texas. So oh, okay. Again, we got we got some tight ball games here. You know what? I love it. I love it. I love, and, and this is the
2: time to gamble. You know what I'm saying? Because look at these Bama lines. If if they don't fix this problem down there, because you know Marla tried to be positive, and I, I commend him for that. We've all been there. Everybody that's on this podcast has had a coach fired. You know what I'm saying, and <laughs> and we've all convinced ourselves that the next guy's the guy. Oh my God, Jeremy Pruitt, all those connections down there, he's going to be the guy. You know, he, he's going to do it the Saban route, and then we just fall on our face. So I'm not saying that's going to have happen to to to, to Moore, but odds are, man, you're you're not going to be the next Nick Saban. So if you're thinking about putting some money on some of these games, now's the time to do that. So especially especially the Bama
0: ones. Right, and how about Rob? Appreciate you, Rob. He says Texas is here. Gave mm-hmm. us a two dollar donation. Appreciate you, and Wesley. How about this? Ten bucks, Shane. Can't wait to see Nico put a come weapon on, on, on that. T- I mean, is, come on this, now. Will this be the first Alabama game, Shane, that you could recall where you realistically expect Tennessee hosting Alabama to go in and, and beat the Alabama Crimson Tide?
2: I'd love it. I'd love it. That, you know, and. I know, I feel bad for Chris, but not too bad because, you know, we've done, like I said, I've been through several coaches since since Fulmer, hell, since Johnny Majors, you know. I, I've been through some damn coaches, and and I've convinced myself that this is they're going to get us back to the promised land, you know, and then now, more than ever with the transfer portal, when you lose a coach, you lose half your team. You lose half the recruits that you thought were coming in, you know, and you thought maybe in the back of your mind like, maybe Alabama's situation will be a little bit different, and it's not. And that's why these fans are so damn happy because finally they get to, they get to, you know, shit, shit, you know, shit, I've been drinking. I've been, I found it. You've seen I found a loophole to my two-beer quota here. I just get bigger beer cans, Mike.
0: (laughs) And how about Andrew, two bucks. Appreciate you, Andrew. Depleted Bama equals Mizzou undefeated season. And uh, someone was asking Jackson. He was at, he said, "Hey, does Tennessee storm the field if they beat Bama? I don't think so because I don't think it'll no. be an upset. But how about this, Shane? That just gave me a hell of an idea. Bama, which, which, there's probably a couple. Uh, which games do they storm the field if they can actually win it? I'm thinking Georgia. Uh, probably just Georgia, but uh, just Georgia." But but again, Alabama's not used to storming the field. They may have to storm it if they if they pull a upset and beat Georgia, you know what?
2: Them kids are spoilt, man. Them kids at college, you know. <laughs> Remember it wasn't that long ago, Nick Saban was getting onto their ass leaving in the third quarter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like they don't know. They don't know how bad it can be. So, you know, I, I like this. this. This is gonna fire up a little bit of that 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 passion that maybe Bama fans just haven't had. I mean, there's. don't get me wrong. Some of the craziest, most diehard fans are Alabama fans, but their asses are at home. You know, their asses are down there at the park, you know, just talking about how good they're going to be next, and they're upset Nick Saban left, and they're probably the first in line to get him a new coach. But these kids, on the other hand, they're just spoilt, man. They've been you know silver spoon in hand they they don't know what it's like to struggle and storm a field could you imagine oh my gosh so i hope that it does get to that point because there's nothing like it man there's nothing like winning a football game you weren't supposed to and so right. so many times they've got to see the opposite side where they, the fans come on the field to their games but it, it'll be nice to watch some of them come out and maybe pull off an upset or two
0: hey and was asking about uh, podcast t-shirts i, I put it kind of spammed you guys. I apologize, but I put in a link there. Hopefully that works, but that is a link to buy a, a podcast t-shirt. Uh, and we get a small percent, very small percentage, but, uh, we're not doing that for money. We're doing it for, for you guys to get yourself a high quality t-shirt from T public. So, we would appreciate that. But uh, they just hey, want you know, high
2: quality internet, Mike, you know? <laughs> so every shirt you buy, we can maybe get him a router or we can speed this up a little bit. So.
0: <laughs> but hey, I asked Chris so much about that. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on all these players, departing Alabama, new coach? Uh, I mean, is it. I th- and I've seen I've seen these media boys saying they're like, Oh, I feel bad for Bamba. We gotta change these rules. We can't be having no. this. This is awful for football. Yada yada. They they weren't crying for Tennessee when this happened or or, or any of the other SEC teams. Yeah. I mean, this is just the cost of doing business, baby. And and just cause you ain't got the goat anymore, this is gonna happen. I don't I don't care if they hired Lane Kiffin or Dad Sweeney or Jim Bo Fisher. or this this was gonna happen with yeah. Nick Stephen no longer there so I'm I'm not crying for Alabama. They're still going to be good. But yeah. what's your thoughts on all that? You know,
2: Alabama will be fine. You know, in, in the long run, if you look at their track record, they they are more more of the time more of the time successful than they are unsuccessful. But they're going to struggle for a little bit, Mike. You know, because I think you hit the nail on the head. When you have somebody like Nick Saban that rolls into your living room and tells your boy that he's going to have him in the NFL in three years, you believe it because that's what he's connected here. But, you know, this Kalen cat, he may be the next Sabin. He may be the, the next best thing since sliced bread, and, but he's going to have to earn it. And he can't roll into the – lip. he's going to have to be creative like these other coaches. They're going to have to get creative in the NIL market. They're going to have to get creative. D- don't be surprised if you don't see alternate jerseys down there in Alabama soon, <laughs> you know, just to get these kids pumped up for playing at your school again, because there's 15 other schools in the SEC that now also have the ability to put you in the league. You can't just roll in with the GOAT. So, yeah, there are going to be some growing pains. Do I feel bad for Bama? Absolutely not. In fact, I hope you all are in it for a couple of years, man, because you deserve going into a 10-11 win season every single year. I mean, that's just unheard of, And, and it's become normalcy. You've you've become used to it, and, and now you're going to have to struggle with the rest of us. And I love it, but you will be better for it in the long run. And when you do find your your next coach, and this may be your guy right now, you know you'll have more respect for him because he built something. He wasn't just handed his his dad's business. You know.
0: Yep. Yeah. We all we all know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> how about uh, real quick, Shane? I wanted to talk about a And M. Shout out uh, Texas for this graphic here. They have added. Over twenty prospect, and including some five hours best pass rusher from uh, the Big Ten in, in this Purdue defensive uh, lineman here. They just got five star uh, Desmond Ricks from Alabama. I mean, they are. This is going to look like a completely new team under Mike Elko, and I, I think this is exactly what you need to have if you're the Texas A&M Aggies.
2: Yeah this is what bam i mean there's a lot of schools with these new coaches this is what you gotta do you gotta build some depth and and can you pull that list up again yes sir so on this list you'll see a handful of names now half of them you won't even know who they are at the end of the season. but half of them you will and that's that's the thing this was a wide net mike with these guys you're you're not going out here and picking up one or two to fine-tune your team you' you're, you're doing a wide net approach here because you need competitive depth so i love this approach they got a lot of big names a lot of five stars a lot of a lot of stars if you look at their 24/7s there, there's some damn athletes coming down there but you don't need them all to hit you just need some of them so i, I love this move am's just just bolstering that that roster and uh, something they're definitely going to need coming up this season.
0: Yeah, you see what Scott had to say? He says, Damn, that's a lot of Lamborghinis down there in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: you know, and that's that's what's crazy, man. You know, because you're you're seeing some of these guys move on like Nick Saban. Uh, you know, just that they're gone. Legends, legends. And uh so now you're you're gonna get more toward the creative side of recruiting. You gotta get to these kids. And it's not like the old days when you could just roll up and hand them keys to a Dodge Charger. You know, you can't do that anymore. They want name image likeness. They want to build a brand for their family. And uh, you know, you're starting to see some of these schools really take off on it. But programs like Texas A&M, Texas, you know, they they got money. They got a shit ton of money and those yep. are the ones that are going to capitalize. So watch the moves. It, it, you're seeing it now in uh, college station and you're going to start seeing it there. at Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of A and M Shane, their AD Ross Bjork left. Now he's Ohio state's AD. I think that's mm-hmm. great news. This is the guy that gave a hundred million plus to Jimbo Fisher. He was the guy that, uh, you know, had Hugh freezes back at old miss, despite mm-hmm. all the shenanigans and had to fire him in disgrace. I mean, I hear he's great at uh, uh, drumming up money, so it's part of an 80s job. I get it. But I overall, I don't think this is a huge loss. There's speculation they're going to be after Florida's 80s. Scott Strickland, according to Gators Online, spoke with Scott Strickland. He says, hey, we've got an awesome fan base. I love being a Gator. I, I have no interest in working anywhere else at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, Billy Napier loses another game. <laughs> Scott Strickland, may, he may be <laughs> eager to jump at A&M there. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I The name I always hear, Shay, when I hear of A&M and, and AD is uh, Arkansas AD, Hunter check, yeah. So that's a name to watch, I would think. I think he's a hell of an AD. I don't know if A&M can get him. I don't know if he's – I'm not saying he's unhappy at Arkansas by any means, but that's what I've always been told. That, that they coveted that guy. So that, that's yeah. certainly one to watch.
2: Yeah, that, that would be a big get. And that'd be a tough steal, though, because he is, I mean, he's he's all Arkansas. And it, it, it would take, a I would imagine, a lot of money and a lot of promises to get him
0: down there. Yeah, I appreciate you, Blake. He just gave us too much. He says, Lambos and Brisket in Austin, count me in. <laughs> and, hey, I got to be honest, Shane, I, I'm not even a fan of Brisket. Mm-hmm. Went down to Austin, it's like the best thing in the world to, to, to eat. I'm, I'm all aboard the brisket now, but only in Austin. Everywhere else, it's it's a cut below, certainly, where, where at least what I've had down there. You know what?
2: Oh, buddy, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I can't wait to do the barbecue run down there, man. I want, I, def, I can't fit in Lamborghinis now after I'd eat that barbecue. <laughs> sure as hell ain't getting in one of them. So. <laughs>
0: And then how about this new shade? Auburn has hired uh, an offensive coordinator, Derek Nix. He'd been at Ole Miss for, I think, 16 years in Oxford, multiple positions, elite recruiter, receivers coach. You know, Ole Miss had a strong track record of receivers. That's a credit to Derek Nix. But um, how about this statement, Shane? I thought this was pretty petty for a guy that, that gave that much to Ole Miss. They put out a statement. I'm gonna read the statement here. We are grateful for Coach Nick's and express gratitude for Derek and his family, invaluable contributions and dedication to the success achieved at Ole Miss. And here's the key part, Shane. Acknowledging the opportunity to become a first-time play caller with full-time play calling duties as offensive coordinator at Auburn. We extend our sincere. Well wishes to the Knicks family and this endeavor. And, and why is why are they saying that Shane? Because Hugh Freeze has already come out publicly and said I'm called to plays, and so they're trolling that he's taking this job that he's not even going to be called into plays. I, you know, I, again, I I don't think Lane Kiffin <laughs> wrote that statement and tweeted it out, so we can't completely blame him. But uh, Ole Miss is just they're just on one. You know, where they they'll troll anybody anytime, even someone that gave 16 years of their lives to to work at the school.
2: It blows my mind that that media team runs stuff by Lane Kiffin. You know, <laughs> you would think that there would be like, "Hey, somebody come up, hey Lane, we'll, let's let's calm down a little bit. Let's don't get too carried away on the on the old tweet machine." But no, I, I that has his hands all over it, and and I'll, I saw him retweeting and all that. Lane Kiffin, he is the ultimate troll in the SEC right now.
0: Yeah, and well, you know, Ole Miss got trolled themselves because Tyler Barron. Flipped to Louisville. This was this was a wild story. Apparently he got a house, moved moved in and everything. A week later he's at Louisville. He's the second guy. The flip from Ole Miss out of the portal to Louisville. Uh the other one was it was former Tennessee defensive back uh to Marion McDonald. So I don't know what in the hell Louisville has out against Ole Miss, but but certainly something. And then last here, Shane, I don't before my internet completely goes out. How about this news? Vanderbilt making he moves here. Jerry Hill, former New Mexico State head coach who just whooped Auburn and had a terrific run there at New Mexico State, Shane. One of the worst teams in all of college football. He inherited a program that had won three games just once since 2010. And he won 10 games, won Conference USA title. This guy is perfect to help Clark Lee rebuild Vanderbilt he just went through it at New Mexico State. Like I said, an awful job, awful program. They were very successful, and and in the SEC, we respected after seeing what they did to Auburn. I I think this is a a very interesting hire for Vanderbilt.
2: Man, he's had a lot of success everywhere he's been. Man, I mean, obviously, if you if you do a little research on this cat, had some medical issues, you know, when he was up there at Minnesota. But you know, if he didn't. There's no telling where he'd be coaching right now because of his track record. So, yeah, wherever he goes, there's always an uptick in success. So, this is a big one for Vanderbilt. A very surprising hire, you know. I I, I, I expect that if all goes well that he's going to have a larger role at that university moving forward.
0: Yeah, Bobby says uh, after beating Auburn, he thinks the SEC is easy. <laughs> Kirby's Revenge says can he build a scoreboard? That that's a good one for <laughs> well, <they need> <laughs> uh, But, uh, uh. Hey brothers you got anything else before we hop off the line?
2: No, man. I just I, I'm glad we got to get on here. I appreciate you letting me hang out. Uh I know Marler, you you two get to go and you and I, I didn't want to chime in too much. So I appreciate him coming on. I know he's going through it right now. So keep him in your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Uh, you know, (laughs) oh my God, Bama's sucking. That's going to be awesome for a while. No offense, Bama fans. Like I said, you've been kicking our ass for decades. So yeah, if we got to get one or two good seasons on you, we're going to take it, but uh, brother, it's always fun catching up with you and drinking some cold beer and hanging out with the fans. So uh, look forward to, to coming on tomorrow. We're going to have a show for you tomorrow. If you're not on YouTube, be sure to hit like and subscribe. A lot of people ask where to get them koozies, Mike. You want to remind them?
0: Yeah, just uh, subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, however you consume podcasts. Reach out to us at ThatSECPodcast at gmail.com. I got about 20 that need to go out, Shane. We got hit by a by a snowstorm. I don't even think the mail's running right now. So I'll get them to you as soon as I can. Probably just take a couple of days. But, uh, you know, be, be all on alert for the channel. Like and subscribe if you're not already. We've got, uh, like I said, we had a snowstorm. I got something planned for this weekend. should be a a really good show if we can still pull it off with all the snowstorms and everything. So be on the lookout for that. If it doesn't happen immediately, it's going to happen very soon. So uh, that's all I got, buddy. I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out, especially of those on the live feed here. But uh, that's all I got, brother. We'll catch you on the next one.
2: See you guys. Go balls.
0: (laughs)